KMTT, כי מציון תצא תורה. שיעורים for this month, month of Shvat, are being broadcast לעילוי נשמת הרב אברהם יצחק בן חיים יהודה, אנכון ראובן בן משה חיים. Today is Tuesday, שיעור in פרשת השבוע. שיעור פרשת השבוע will be given this week as usual by הרב חנוך וקסמן. This week, Parshat Shuma, I would like to discuss uh, two psukim found at the end of one of the first segments of Parshat Shuma, found at the end of what might, might be thought of as Parshat Aron, the description uh, of the Ark. In Parak Kaf A, uh, Pasuk Kaf Aleph, uh, the Torah tells us as follows, V'natata et ha-kaporet al haron mumala. And here I will translate kaporet as cover. You shall place the cover on the Aaron, on the ark from above. Ve'el Aaron titenata edut. And in the Aaron you will place the edut. Uh, let's translate this as testimony for the moment. Asher etena lecha that I will give to you. And then pasuk kafbet. Ve'no adeti lecha sham. And I will meet with you there. Ve'dibarti itcha me'ala kaporet. And I will speak with you from... Above the cover, from above the kaporet, mibein shnei akruvim, from within the space, in between the two kruvim, asher al aron heidut, which is in, which is on the ark of the testimony, al aron heidut, et kol asher atzavelcha al bnei Yisrael, everything that I will command you uh, for the bnei Yisrael. So God informs Moshe that he that when the final completion of the kaporet aron uh, is completed and the uh, uh, testimony, the Edut is placed in the Aron. At that point, I will meet with you there and I will speak to you there. God's voice will emanate from within the space above the two Kruvim, uh, from in the space between the two Kruvim, which is above uh, the Aron Edut. And at that point, he will command everything to Moshe that needs to be told to the Bnei Israel. Now, what is described here uh, in the Torah at the end of Prashat Aron? is what might be thought of as the element or the aspect of communication uh, that exists uh, within the Mishkan, or perhaps more accurately, uh, continuing uh, revelation, um, or ongoing revelation. Of course, the Mishkan is is the abode of God, it is the house of God, but also it is a, a means by which God communicates, by which God speaks to Moshe, and uh, by implication, speaks and continues to command uh, Bnei Israel. Now, this, of course, is connected on some level uh, to the famous parallels that exist between uh, the experience at uh, Har Sinai and uh, the build and the structure uh, of the Mishkan. Um, well, we will not be exploring this uh, in this shiur. It is worthwhile, of course, just mentioning a very simple point. Um, in describing the experience at, at Har Sinai, back in Perak Kaf Dalad, the previous Perak, the end of Prashat Mishpatim, the Torah tells us in Perak Kaf Dalad, Pasuk Tetzayin, Vayishkon Kvod Hashem al Har Sinai. Um, the glory of God rested uh, upon Har Sinai, Vayichasei and the cloud covered it. God rested upon Har Sinai for the purpose of revealing himself, for the purpose of communicating um, with Bnei Yisrael and giving them Torah. Well, likewise, the, the name of the building, uh, sometimes called Ohmoed, but often called Mishkan, especially here in Perak Cafe, Mishkan and Vayishkon are, of course, connected. Likewise, the purpose of the Mishkan is 
a means by which God, or one of the purposes of the Mishkan, it is a means by which God reveals himself to B'nai Israel, by which he communicates, by which he commands. And this, of course, happens in the place between the two Kruvim, um, so to speak, immediately above the Kaparat, above their own Heidut. Now, this brings us to a very interesting point. Um, in these two Psukim, Per Kafhei, Pasuk Kaf Aleph and Kaf Bet, that describe this aspect of continuing the revelation, this aspect of communication inherent in the Mishkan, there is a very interesting emphasis, and I would uh, like to return to it again. Um, you place the cover on top of the Aaron, and then in the Aaron you will place the Eidut, you will place the testimony. The Torah emphasizes the placement of the Eidut in the Aaron, that I will be giving to you. And then in the very next Pasuk, in Pasuk Kafbat, I'll meet with you and speak with you there between the two Kruvim. But again, Asher Alaron Ha'edut. That is on top of the Ark of the Testimony. Because the Edut is placed in the Ark, and that is described in Pasuk Kaf Aleph. Now in Pasuk Kafbat, the Ark, the Aron, is called the Aron Ha'edut. And this is, a, in fact, a, a familiar name uh, for the Aron, it is often called the Aron Heidut uh, throughout the Chumash. And we have here this very interesting emphasis on the idea of the placement of the Eidut in uh, the Aron, um, and so to speak, the revelation happening above the Aron Heidut. Somehow, the idea of Eidut, Aron Heidut, whatever these terms mean, is central uh, to the idea of ongoing revelation. You have this very interesting emphasis in these Psukim. Um, now, in point of fact, as many of the Mefarshim point out, specifically amongst them Ramban and Sforno, I think it's more than an emphasis. If you play careful attention to these psukim, there's a certain sense of perhaps even contingency. Um, the ongoing revelation in between the two Kruvim only happens above the Aron Eidut. And it is only once uh, the Eidut is placed in the Aron that this ongoing revelation can take place. It seems that the location of uh, above the Aron Eidut uh, or the connection uh, with the Aron Eidut is a necessary condition for the occurrence of the ongoing revelation. That seems to be the, the flavor of these Pesukim. And I think, of course, the question is why? Uh, why is the Eidut of the Aron Eidut so central and so necessary for this ongoing revelation, and I think that is one question we need to explore. But the truth is, there's another question that is interrelated to this and connected to this, which that, of course, is the meaning of the term uh, edut. In, in reading through it, we translated it here as, as testimony, but it's not really clear at all what object we're even referring to here. What is this object, or what is the meaning of the term edut? So I think we face here a kind of dual question, um, or two questions that are interrelated. First and foremost, what is the meaning of the term Eidut in these psukim, and what does the Torah refer to when it refers to Eidut? Second, why is this thing, uh, this object of Eidut, or this emphasis on their own Eidut, so central to the ongoing revelation that takes place in between the Kruvim in the Mishkan? Okay. Um, to begin, I think the first thing we need to do is to, is to clarify the physical identity of this thing called Eidut in Parakafei Pasakal and Kafbet. What exactly is the Torah referring to when it says El Aron Titena Eidut? What is Moshe going to be putting uh, in the Aron? I think, of course, the answer um, is 
simple. The answer is is well known. Um, it is uh, adopted by almost all of the mafreshim except for one position found in Rashi. And to unpack this, let us very very briefly take a look again at a at a phrase um, which we have here in. Um, Parakafe, Pasakaf Aleph. Parakafe, Pasakaf Aleph is as follows. Moshe will place the Eidut in the Aron. In fact, this is not the first time that he's been told that he will place the Eidut in the Aron. A very similar phrase appears back in Parakafe, Pasak Tetzain. The overall Parsha of the Aron, which scant, which which stretches from Parakafe Pasuk Aleph through Parakafe Pasuk Kafbet is more or less split into two halves. The first half deals with uh, the, the second half deals with the Kaporet, while the first half deals with the Aron. And at the very end of that first half, we have Parakafe Pasuk Tetzayin, which tells us Vinatata El Aron et Eidut Asher Atenalecha, and you will place into the Aron the Eidut that I will give to you. Uh, now, as I referred briefly a moment ago to all of the Mepharshim, the Mepharshim say quite simply, again, uh, except for one minority opinion, they do refers to the Luchot. And of course, we all know this from later on in the uh, Chumash, that uh, it is the Luchot that are contained uh, in, the, in the Aron. Uh, now, in point of fact, this can be confirmed uh, from the immediate context, uh, surrounding context of Parakafe, I think in, in a very nice way. The phrase that we encountered here was um, that Moshe will put into the Aron the Eidut that God will give to him. Asher etain elecha. Well, if we go back to um, the end of Perikaf Dalid, in some sense, uh, the previous chapter in the Torah, in some sense, the, the story of the command of the Mishkan that begins in Perikaf Hay, Pasuk Aleph, where God begins to command the taking of Truma at the beginning of Parashat Truma, might on some level be said to begin a bit previously, uh, back in Parakhaftalit, in Parakhaftalit, Pasuk Yudbet, to be precise. And what the Torah tells us there is as follows. Vayom Hashem el Moshe, alay elay hahara, come up to me to the mountain, Vayesham, and you will be there. Ve'etna l'cha, God says, I will give you, I will give you something, and what will he give him? Et luchot even the tablets of stone, So God says um, that come up to the mountain and you'll be there and I will give you, and what will God, what is God that he will give to Moshe? He will give him the luchot evan, etc., that that he has written. So if um, in Parakavdalid, Pasuk God says to Moshe that he uh, should come up to the mountain to get something that God will give him the Luchot. It is by no stretch of uh, a far stretch of the imagination to say that in Parakafe, Pasuk Tetzayin, when we are talking about something, um, again in Tetzayin, Asher Lecha, that I will give you, or again in Parakafe, Pasuk Kaf Aleph. That um, we should correlate this edut that God will be giving Moshe with the luchot evan of per kafdalid pasuk yudbet that God says He will be giving uh, to Moshe. Um, now, if this is uh, a mere suggestion here in per kafdalid pasuk yudbet, or something suggested by the correlation between per kafdalid pasuk yudbet and the phrases of etain elach and per kafhei. 
I think this is really confirmed by what might be thought of as the end of the entire command uh, of the Mishkan. Um, if perhaps um, the story of the command for the building of the Mishkan begins in Perak Kaftalit Pasuk Yudbet, um, with God's commanding Moshe to come up onto the mountain and to receive the Luchot and to get Torah, it almost certainly ends uh, not in Parshat Shuma, not in Parshat Tzadah, but in fact, way later, in Parshat Kitisa, in Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Yudchet. And in Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Yudchet, we are told as follows, Vayitain, so God gives, El Moshe Kechalotol Daberito Bahar, when he finishes speaking to him on the mountain. So we have here God giving, we have the mountain, Bahar Sinai, Shnei Luchot Ha'edut, Luchot Even Ketuvim Be'etz Pelokim. So we have a Luchot mentioned twice, we have the fact that they're tablets of stone, we have the fact that they're written by God, we have a complete and total parallel uh, to Perakafdalit uh, Pasuk Yudbet. These are the Luchot the Even that God said he would give him upon the mountain, and here they are now given to Moshe in Perakafdalit Pasuk Yudbet, but they are called something very specific. Shnei luchot ha'edut. So here we have the pasuk that kind of wraps things together. Um, the luchot ha'even are also known as luchot ha'edut, and indubitably um, that edut which um, Moshe places uh, in the uh, in the ark in the Aron, that which he is commanded um, to uh, place in the ark in Parak Kafhei, um, are the luchot. Okay. So, we have resolved, perhaps, the question of the physical identity of Edut. Edut is here a technical reference to the Luchot that Moshe is going to receive on the mountain. And these Luchot Ha'edut are going to be placed in the Aron. And then the Aron is going to be called Aron Ha'edut. And interestingly, by the way, often, or quite a few times throughout the Torah, it is not just the Luchot that are referred to as Luchot Ha'edut or the, Mishka, or the uh, Aron that is referred to as Aron Ha'edut, but even the entire structure, the Mishkan or the Oel, is sometimes called Oel Ha'edut or Mishkan Ha'edut. And, and all of this, I think, just kind of, on some level, begs the question, um, what is the meaning of the phrase Ha'edut here? Uh, why are the Luchot called Luchot Ha'edut, Luchot of testimony, so to speak, quote-unquote, um, why do they impart this identity of Arona Edut to the Aron? And in what sense do they influence the entire structure uh, to be called Arona Edut, um, uh, to be called Mishkan Edut or Ol Edut? And I think on some level, what we're really faced with here uh, is, again, this dual question of A, the meaning of Edut, and B, the old question um, that I raised earlier, which is um, a sense of contingency uh, of the ongoing revelation that takes place at the Aron in the Mishkan upon this whole idea of Eidut and Aron Eidut. Okay. So, I would like to explore in the short time uh, that we have in this Shi'ur um, two approaches uh, to this set of interrelated questions, this issue of, of the meaning uh, of the idea of Eidut here and the dependency of the ongoing revelation on the idea of Eidut here. Two approaches that may be said to loosely uh, be based upon Rashi and Ibn Ezra, um, respectively. And I would like to um, go back to the first mention of the placement of the Edut in the Aron, to Perak Kafei Pasuk Tetzayin, um, 
the end of the first half of Parshat Aaron. We're told there, And here Rashi has an interesting comment. Um, so Rashi says, um, skipping over uh, the first part of the Rashi, Rashi says, Shehila Edut, that this thing placed in the Aaron is for Edut, Beni Ubenechem, Shetziviti Etchem Mitzvot Haktuvot Ba. Um, so Rashi says that Edut here means testimony, um, and it is testimony, Beni Ubenechem, Shetziviti Etchem Mitzvot Haktuvot Ba. I think the way to understand this, this Rashi, um, is that the idea of Eidut here is, of course, connected to the standard meaning of Eidut, which is that of witnessing or, or testimony. Witnesses testify to something. They, they teach us, um, they inform us, they remind us, they tell us, they give us information, they somehow bring into our consciousness or preserve in our consciousness something that we would otherwise forget. There's a kind of a memory function, a teaching function, an inform, information function uh, to the Luchot Eidut. Uh, they are Eidut to that which is written down upon them, of course, in this case, to the Aserit HaDibrot. Um, now, this idea of Rashi, which we need to elaborate upon a little bit, the idea of, of witnessing, teaching, remembering, or reminding, um, is, I think, a meaning of Eidut that is, in fact, implicit uh, in Pshutash Mikra. And it is worthwhile to look at, I think, a few perhaps explicit places where Eidut is used vis-a-vis the Ohel Moed, vis-a-vis the tent of Eidut, um, in this fashion of remembering, reminding, informing, teaching, witnessing in the sense connected to judicial witnesses. Um, I'd like to turn back to a few parshiot to go. To parshat b'shalach, to the end of the story of the man. Um, at the end of Parshat Aman, God gives Moshe a very interesting uh, in- instruction. Um, in Parak Tetzayin, Pasuk Lamedbet, um, Moshe informs the people of something that God has commanded him. Vayomar Moshe, Zehadavar Asher Tziva Hashem, this is the matter that God commands, Melo Haomer Mimenu Limishmeret Ladorotechem, take one measure of man, as a reminder uh, for your future generations. Um, so that everyone will see the bread that I fed you, uh, here Moshe speaks for God, in the desert when I took you out of Egypt. And then Moshe commands God as to how this memory device uh, or this reminder of the man will be created in Pazaklamah. Uh, take a flask or a vial and place uh, a certain amount of money in it. And then what is Aaron supposed to do with it? Vahanach oto lefnei Hashem lemishmer dadorotechem. Place it lefnei Hashem in front of God as a reminder for the generations. And then Pasuk Lamedal reports the execution of this command. Kasher tziva Hashem et Moshe vayinichayu Aaron lefnei haidut lemishmeret. And then as God commanded Moshe vayinichayu Aaron lefnei haidut lemishmeret. It was placed in front of the haidut in front of the testimony, Lemishmaret, as a reminder. What seems to happen here is that the tzinsenet of man, the flask of man, which is supposed to serve as a reminder, as a testimony of that which happened back in history and as a future reminder for B'nai Yisrael, it is placed, where is it placed? In front of God, right next to the Edut. So there's a certain correlation here between Edut and the idea of Mishmaret here in the story of the man. Now, another example of this can be found <coughs> not in Sefer Shemot, 
but later on in the Chumash, in um, Sefer Bamidbar, in one of the contexts where the Ohel Moed, or the Mishkan, the Tent of Meeting, or the Dwelling of God, is actually referred to as Ohel Ha'edut, as the Hall of Testimony, the Tent of Testimony. Um, and I am thinking of the story of Pashat Korach. Um, as we should remember, the rebellion of Korach does not end with the swallowing up of Datan um, in Aviram or the fiery consumption uh, uh, of Korach v'adato. Uh, rather, the rebellion of Korach only ends uh, with the story of the flowering sticks. Um, a stick is taken from each one of the tribes of the Bnei Israel. And that stick, which flowers, uh, will symbolize the rights of that particular tribe for leadership. Of course, it is the Mataron that flowers, and in this way, the rebellion subsides. Now, at that point, um, God commands uh, Moshe uh, to engage in a very interesting action. Perak Yudzayin Pasek Kafhe in Sefer Vamidbar. Vayam Hashem Moshe Hashev et Mataron Lifnei Ha'edut so God commands Moshe to return or place the stick of Aaron, the one that had flowered, in front of the testimony, as a reminder, as a sign, to those who had rebelled, etc. So again, the thing, the object, which is a mishmeret, which is a sign, a reminder uh, for future generations, um, which is a teaching device, is placed next to the edut. I think uh, what we might suggest is that on some plane, um, there's a certain correlation between the objects placed next to the edut and the edut itself. Um, eventually, what is placed next to the edut is the tzintzenetaman, a reminder uh, of the historical experience of being fed by God the man, and of course, as well, the stick of Aaron, which is a reminder of the rebellion and who the rightful leadership belongs to. Well, likewise, I think the Eidut, as Rashi had already pointed out to us, is a kind of witnessing, a testimony, a reminder of some particular historical experience. Now, of course, what uh, is it meant to remind of? I think, obviously, it is meant to remind of what is written in it. It is a reminder of the Aseret HaDibrot. It is a reminder of the words that God spoke at Har Sinai, that he commanded B'nai Israel these ten things, that he revealed himself to Am Yisrael at Mamar Har Sinai. And likewise, the Luchot themselves as Edut are a kind of teaching, a f- informing, reminding, a memory device, a mishmeret of some historical experience. And that is the meaning of Edut here. And they are all, so to speak, placed together in the Omoed, in the Ark. Now, uh, and, and they are placed in the Omo 8 in the Ark. Now, uh, if this is correct, then I think this is uh, the, certainly one of the elements of the idea of Edut here. Um, this forces us to go back to Arp Sukim to Kaf Hey, Pasuk Kaf Aleph and Kaf Bet, and to try to puzzle out again um, the contingency of the ongoing revelation uh, upon the presence of the Edut, that this happens in, in the space of the edut, above the Aron edut, where the Luchot edut are placed. So again, let us read the Pesukim, Per Kafhei Pasuk Kaf Aleph, in light of what we have suggested until this point. V'natata et kaporet al Aron milmala, and you shall place the kaporet above the Aron, ve'el Aron titenat edut. And in the Aron, place the edut, the reminder, the teacher, 
of the theophany of the revelation Har Sinai. Asher alecha that I will give to you. and I will meet with you there. Vidibati it's kamei ala kaporth mi ben shnei akuvim asher alone edut et kol asher tevot kol ben Yisrael. The ongoing revelation, the continuing of the command, happens in the space right above the reminder of the experience at Har Sinai. There's a kind of correlation or conjunction here between the reminder of that which happened at Har Sinai and the ongoing revelation, the ongoing command um, by God through the means of Moshe to Am Yisrael. And I think all of this forces us or forces B'nai Yisrael throughout the generations to put these two things together. The ongoing command of God given to Moshe is simply a continuation of Har Sinai. It happens in the very place where the reminder, the instantiation of that experience at Sinai exists and is placed in the place of the Eidut. The two things are inherently connected in history. The two things are inherently uh, a continuation one of the other. So to speak, the ongoing revelation is an echo and even far more of an echo, a direct continuation of that experience at Sinai. And that is the meaning of the focus on the Eidut as part and parcel of the ongoing revelation at Sinai. And I think this is one approach. Okay. I would like to explore another element, uh, an additional approach, one which I think is suggested uh, by a striking comment of Ibn Ezra, um, again on that very first mention of placement of the Eidut in the Aron, back in Parak Kafhei, Pasuk Tet Zayin, where Moshe is told, V'natata Aron et Eidut asher Commenting, on this verse, Ibn Ezra says as follows: Vinatata haluchot, the tablets, luchot, hema edut, they are the edut, the testimony, kiilu hem kumo shtark tuba, as if they are a shtark tuba, as if they are a contract of marriage. Vehem luchot abrit, and they are the tablets of the covenant. Here Ibn Ezra employs this striking phrase, makes this striking comparison, at this point, relatively unexplicated, between the edut and the idea of a ketubah, um, loosely translated as a marriage contract. And, of course, he refers to the luchot, here in our parsha, uh, just old luchot, just luchot, or perhaps later on, as we saw, luchot ha'edut. Here he refers to them as uh, luchot habrit. Um, now, of course, this um, usage of the phrase luchot habrit to describe the luchot should not be the, the tablets of the covenant to describe the luchot should not be particularly um, surprising to us. After all, later in the Chumash, uh, the luchot are often correlated with the idea of brit or, or covenant. Um, if we take a look, uh, for example, in Perak Lamedalid, in Perak Lamedalid, Pasuk Kafchet, or back actually in Pasuk Kafzayin, where Moshe is told to write the Luchot a, a second time. Uh, we, now we arrive at the sort of the Luchot Shniot, a second set of tablets that will replace the ones that Moshe broke. And in Perak Lamadal, Pasuk Kafzayin, the Torah says as follows: Vayomer Hashem Moshe, Ketav Lachat Advarim Ha'Ela, write down these matters. Ki Alpi Advarim Ha'Ela, Karati Itcha Brit Et Yisrael. Because upon these matters, I have uh, contracted a Brit, a covenant, uh, with Am Yisrael. Now then, um, Moshe was on the mountain for 40 days, 40 nights, uh, such as reported by the Torah. And then we're told, Ve'ichtov al-luchot et divrei ha-brit, aseret ha-dvarim. And then Moshe wrote down upon the luchot, the divrei ha-brit, 
the words of the covenant, Aseret HaDvarim, a reference to Aseret HaDibrot. So, the second time around, um, the Luchot are referred to as Luchot, uh, pardon me, the, the words written down uh, on the uh, tablets under Luchot, the Ten Commandments, Aseret HaDvarim, are referred to as Divrei HaBrit. And it is, of course, no surprise that later on, throughout Sefer Dvarim, um, Moshe refers to as Luchot as Luchot HaBrit. Um, okay. And likewise, uh, given that the Luchot are Luchot HaBrit, the Aron, formerly known throughout Shemot uh, as the Aron HaHidut, um, at some point, uh, it becomes the Aron HaBrit. And in Bamidbar, um, and throughout Sefer Yoshua, uh, in Dvarim, towards the end of Sefer Dvarim, and throughout Sefer Yoshua, the Aron is known as the Aron HaBrit. So there's a certain correlation in the Chumash between the idea of Eidut and the idea of Brit. The Luchot are Luchot Eidut and Luchot Brit. And likewise, the Aron is Aron Eidut and Aron Brit. And Eidut and Brit are connected up in some sort of way. Testimony and covenant are connected up in some sort of way. Um, this is what I think Ibn Ezra referred to when he talked about the idea of the Ketubah, uh, somehow containing the idea of Brit here. But of course, this requires a little bit of explanation. So to do so, uh, I would like to um, try to explain the meaning of this conjunction between Brit and Edut by um, going back to the point in the Chumash where Moshe received the Luchot Even, where he first received uh, the Tablets of Stone, um, to Perik Lamid Aleph um, Pasuk Yud Chet. And this is at the end of Moshe's first long sojourn uh, on the mountain, at the end of the command of uh, the Mishkan, we're told in Paraklam and Aleph, Pasuk Yud Chet as follows, Ve'itain el Moshe kechalotol ledaber ito bahar Sinai, shnei luchot ha'idut, when God finished speaking to Moshe, he gave him on Har Sinai the two tablets of testimony, luchot even, ketuvim be'etzbelokim, the tablets of stone that were written uh, with the finger of, of God. Now, as we should remember, what happens afterwards is, of course, rather tragic. What happens afterwards is the story of the Egel. While Moshe was up on the mountain receiving these tablets written by the finger of God, well, the people were concerned about Moshe's delay. And they push Aaron into making the Egel. They build the Mizbeach. They bring Karbanot. And, of course... God is rather upset about this, and it's it's always important to pay attention to the to the words of God. Um, here in Parak Lamid Bet um, Pasuk uh, Chet, God uh, describes to Moshe back up on the mountain the action of the people in, in a very harsh way. God says in Parak Lamid Al Pasuk Chet, they bow down, they sacrifice to it. These are your gods, Israel, that took you up out of Egypt. So God treats the action of the eagle, it seems to refer to the action of Bnei Israel in the Masa eagle, as straying after foreign gods. Is it full-fledged Avodah Zarah? This, of course, is, is a question for a different occasion. But they have made the claim, these are your gods. They have sacrificed, they have bowed down. They have turned away 
uh, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they have turned away from God, they have betrayed their relationship with God. Now, of course, what happens next? Well, Moshe comes down from the mountain, and eventually, he, and he's holding the Luchot written uh, by the finger of God, and then when he sees the eagle, of course, what does he do? Well, we know in Parak Lamed Bet, Pasukyut and they fell from his hands, he threw them down from his hands, and they broke, they broke at the bottom of the mountain. Now, um, what seems to happen here, is, we might say, is that there's a certain relationship that exists between God and the Jewish people, and the people betray this relationship. Um, at uh, the Chayta Egel, they turn to other gods, they build them as Be'ach, they bow down, they bring Karbanot, etc. They say, we have other gods. Well, at that point, here is this covenantal object, uh, these luchot habrit, uh, an object that symbolizes the, the covenant between God and the Jewish people, uh, one which had been written by God himself. Well, if the real relationship between God and the Jewish people has been shattered by their actions, then this covenantal object, what the Ibn Ezra calls the ketubah, between God and the Jewish people, has no meaning, Moshe throws it down and it breaks, because it's no more than a physical object once the actual relationship has been broken. Um, so I think this is a place where we can draw support for the approach of Ibn Ezra that the Luchot Evan, the Luchot Edut, the Luchot Habrit are a covenantal object. They are kind of a, a living document or living record of the relationship between God and the Jewish people. They are, so to speak, the Ketubah between God and the, and the Jewish people. Um, now, I would like to expand upon this uh, a little bit by going back to some of the symbolism found in the story of the Chet Egel and tying this up with Perak Kafdalin and then attempting to wrap things up. Uh, it is very important to pay attention to the place um, where Moshe breaks the Luchot. In Perak Lamed Bet Pasikitet, we're told, um, He breaks them at the bottom of the mountain, Tachatahar. Now, this phrase Tachatahar has actually occurred previously in Sefer Shemot. It occurs way back in Perkafdalid, um, in the story that we have referred to as Brit Sinai, the covenant of Sinai, or the Brita Aganot, the covenant of blood, or the covenant of the flagons that was contracted at Sinai. Let's go back to Perkafdalid, um, Pasuk Dalid, a uh, Pasuk that we discussed last week. In Perkafdalid, Pasuk Dalid, the chapter that precedes the command of the Mishkan and the mention of the Luchot and the Eidot and etc., everything we've been discussing, we're told as follows in Kaftal Adalad. Vayichtov Moshe et kol divrei Hashem. Moshe wrote down all of the Dvarim of Hashem. Of course, as pointed out last week, the Aseret Hadzibrot primarily. Vayashkem Babokri got up in the mountain. Vayiven Mizbeach. He built an altar, Tachatahar, at the bottom of the mountain. And of course, then there are Karbanot. So we have here a lot of the symbols that reoccur later on in the story of the Chayta Ego. We have the Mizbeach, we have the Karbanot, we have the Tachatahar, and then what happens with what Moshe has written down? Well, half the blood goes on the people, and then in Pasuk Zion, Vayikach Sefer Habrit, he took the Book of the Covenant, that which he had just written down, which contains the Aseret HaDibrod, is now called the Sefer Habrit, Vayikra Am, and he read it down in the ears of the people, Vayomru, and they said, everything which God has spoken, we will do and we will listen. The people commit absolutely to the Sefer Abit. They commit to the Aseret HaTvarim. And the context is a place, Tachat Tahar, where there's a Mizbeach and Karbanot. What we should realize 
um, is that the Chayda Egel is, of course, the exact reverse of this story. It's the same place. It's Tachatahar, there's a Mizbeach, there's Karbanot, but it's the opposite of the commitment to the Sefer Abrit, and, of course, the Luchot are eventually broken. I think what you have here, and what we should realize, is that the Sefer Abrit then Moshe writes down contains the Aseret HaDivim, contains the Aseret HaDibrot, and the people contract the covenant of Nasev and Ishma upon the Sefer Abrit. Now then Moshe goes up onto the mountain to receive the Luchota Evan. And the Luchota Evan, written by the finger of God, are the heavenly counterpart to the Sefer Abrit. They are the celestial other side of the Sefer Abrit, they are kind of identical with each other, the Sefer Abrit and the Aseret HaDvarim. They are covenantal objects, covenantal documents that symbolize the relationship between God and Am Yisrael. And of course, when the people betray everything in the Chir Egel, these Luchot, uh, the celestial Sefer Abrit, are broken because they no longer possess any meaning. Now, to put this all together and to finish things up, I think we have by now unpacked the idea of Edut as covenantal object, the idea of Edut as Brit, testimony to the Brit, container of the Brit, reminder of the Brit in some sense, what Ibn Ezra called the Ketubah, uh, and what I would like to call the covenantal object that symbolizes the relationship between God and the Jewish people. I think we're now in place to fully understand our Pesukim about uh, ongoing revelation. I'd like to go back to Perak Kafei, Pasuk Kaf Aleph. V'natata ta'kaporat al-Aron me'umala, you'll place the kaporat upon the Aron, ve'al-Aron titena ta'edut. And in the Aron, you'll place the covenantal object which symbolizes the relationship between God and the Jewish people, which, so to speak, symbolizes B'nai Yisrael's covenantal commitment to the laws of God in their stating, Nasev v'nishma, asher atena lecha, that which I will give you. V'no'arati lecha sham v'dibarti itcha me'ala kaporat. And I will appear to you there, and I will speak to you there, v'bein shnei akvim asher al-Aron ha'edut, et kol ha'shatzer al-tcha al-b'nai Yisrael. The ongoing revelation of God's word uh, in the world is, takes place in the space uh, that contains the luchot, that contains the edut, that contains the luchot abrit, that contains the covenantal object that symbolizes B'nai Yisrael's commitment to God and his world. It is B'nai Yisrael's commitment to God, their nasev and ishma, which is, so to speak, symbolized and contained within the luchot, that fosters and allows the ongoing revelation of God's word in the world. And that is why these two things go together. Um, the continuing communication of Inuarati Lecha, the continuation of Sinai, and the covenant equipment of Bnei Yisrael, symbolized by the Luchot, placed in the Aron. They are, so to speak, uh, mutually intertwined. Uh, the ongoing commitment is a kind of condition for the ongoing revelation. Okay.